0: Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. It's episode 14 of the NBA Intel Podcast. Your regular co-hosts, myself, Kim Bui and my main man, Clement Gibson, are here ready to talk about the NBA playoffs, the Eastern and Western Conference semifinals. All the matchups are set. We're now able to dive into which teams have the best chance to win their specific matchups and what makes them unique in itself. But before we go there, when I want to at least slightly recap on a very entertaining Game Seven between the Kings and the Warriors, the Warriors, man, they're able to move on. The um, road Warriors struggled all year being able to win games on the road. Got two road victories in Game Five and in Game Seven to help push them over the top and get them to the second round. What was your biggest takeaway from that matchup overall for Golden State, and what type of momentum you feel they can carry into the next round against the Lakers?
1: Yeah, biggest takeaway from that game is that Steph Curry is amazing. Like <laughs> um, I mean it, it kind of just gave me a, a quick flashback to that game four last year, uh, against the Celtics when they were down two one and everyone was thinking that they, you know, going to the garden, that it was kind of like the end of the loop. And I feel like every time their backs against the wall, uh, we're we're getting ready to like write off, oh, the dynasty's over, the dynasty's over. But Every single time, you know, Curry shows up big offensively. Draymond shows up big defensively, um, and then Kevon Looney um, just dominating on the board. So um, I think it was a, a a great series for the the Kings as they get started uh, on their new journey as you know the beam lighters and whatnot. I did think that Sabonis and Fox deserve some of the blame. Um, obviously, Steph Curry's an all time great. But Fox did not shoot well, um, and that was his man. He didn't guard him the whole time, but that was his man. And it was 50 points. Like, it wasn't like 30, 35, 50 points. Um, And some bonus, man, just like we talked about it yesterday, the second half wasn't great at all for him. Got off to a pretty good start. Um, But he just kept trying to um, face guard Kevon Looney on the offensive glass, and every single time he just tipped the ball over his head. So – um they're the two key cogs of this franchise so they're gonna get the the praise and they're also gonna get the blame so um looking forward to this series I think seeing what Looney has done not only this series I think his third uh 20 rebound game this series also dating back to last um um finals he was doing this too he was having games where he was killing on the board so really anxious to see what that's going to look like down there with Kevon Looney, Anthony Davis, Andrew Wiggins, Traymond Green, LeBron James, Fando, like it's going to be a lot of big athletic guys down there. So it's going to be real interesting.
0: Real interesting indeed. And really want to piggyback on your on your take with the Kings and the Warriors. Uh, yeah, it was, it's incredible, man. Steph Curry, he's, he's one of those guys. And, you know, this is why I comfortably had him in my top 10 all time and, While coming into the year, he was, in my eyes, the second-best player in basketball behind Giannis, and he showed it. Um, Now, clearly, we can make a case that it's basically him and Jokic at this point competing for the best title when it comes to being the NBA's best player. But 50 points is incredible, did it on 38 shots, and he kind of had a rhythm from the opening tip, and they really leaned on him in the second half to kind of have their offense go because both teams struggled at the line. Um, There was really no consistent source of offense outside of him. Clay Thompson was trash. Poole had eight points. Wiggins wasn't really productive as well. And so he really carried them and took them home. And it was very akin to game for last year against Boston, where you knew who the guy was, you knew what he was going to do, and you couldn't stop it. And once he got that layup to go, late in the third, where he fell on the ground and, and kind of bear crawled up, I was like, he's in the zone. I think it's mm-hmm. a wrap. And that was it. And so for Sacramento, great building box going forward. But I agree with you. Sabonis, I thought, let the rope go in the third by just getting tragically out-rebounded. And then collectively, offensively in the fourth, they couldn't buy a bucket. And Fox's hand injury, it finally caught up to him. He was mishandling the ball. Couldn't really get his shot going from mid-range and beyond. But this is a team, I think, moving forward. They have a solid foundation. And it's something to build upon. And I think they, Memphis, Oklahoma City, I think those are the three young teams to look out towards this decade as we advance beyond the Golden State era, and even the LeBron era, I might add, too. And that Uh, now segues us to the Warriors and Lakers series. I'm going to start off by saying this, Clem. I think this is a horrible matchup for the Lakers. Um, I don't think they're the greatest perimeter defensive team. They'll be spread out immensely against the Warriors' motion, backdoor-cutting, three-point-centric offense. Now, L.A. did win the season series three games to one, But look, man, I've learned from the last two years, season series don't matter to the Warriors. You can win all those season series, but in the playoffs, it's a whole nother different animal. The intensity gets ramped up, and these guys just know how to win. AD, man, he's going to be challenged on the glass. He's going to be challenged as a complete defender. Last series against Memphis, which they won in six, dominated with 13 rebounds, had four blocks a game. But it was against a a depleted Memphis front line, and he'll be going up against Looney. Who has shown the past two playoffs he's like that as a rebounder I'll Sabonis, rebound a bonus fifteen through to eleven throughout the seven game series, and so with all that being said, do you feel like this series may potentially come down to a d and looney's activity around the basket, whether it's as rim protectors
1: and or as rebounders most definitely not. Um, I talked about a little bit in the opening with the Kings. Um, this isn't the first, second, third, fourth even, maybe even fifth time we've seen Kevon Looney doing this. He's kind of made his career out of this. Um, and I think it's going to be super interesting for AD. I think this is this is like a very... I don't want to go as far as to say it's a statement series, because obviously they won the championship together, um, LeBron and AD. But I think one of the underwhelming like storylines that I don't think everyone's talking about. You really look at AD, AD was like supposed to be, even if he, even if he was supposed to be the offensive talent that we thought he was the defense, like that was supposed to be like set and sealed. He was supposed to be a guy that wins multiple defensive player of the year awards and be like the best player, the best defensive player of his era like that that was something that we was like, okay, hands down, this guy should, like this is this should be a part of the number one draft pick when you call his name and he shakes his hand, it should come with a couple defensive player uh, year awards. Ironically, you look on the other end, Draymond Green has kind of been the guy who has been like the defensive staple of their era, like if you really look at I know he hasn't won as many defensive players in years. I think he only won one, but he's been a runner up a couple times. Um, the all defensive teams. And then just the stuff he doesn't that he does that doesn't get on the uh stat sheet, like the hedging, the being able to just get in the right position. Even in the Kings game, like some of the timely strips and just being in the right position at the right time, like it's just crazy to watch him play sometimes if you really just dissect the game. But I think that's like one of the hidden gems of this series is like the guy who we thought was going to be the defensive stopper of the era versus the guy who, I mean, he's older now, so it's not as equal, but the guy who I think most people would say is probably the best defensive player of his era Um, going up against each other. And obviously there's a size difference um, and things of that nature, but AD is, I don't know if he's going to be able to do what he did to John them to Curry because Ja doesn't really have a pull-up mid-range game. We know, like, once he gets past the uh, three-point line and he starts driving, he's doing his floater or he's trying to get to the hole. Um, Curry has the three ball, obviously. He can take a one-step pull-up. He can take two steps. Pull-up. He can dribble, 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 dribble all the way around, shoot at the basket, shoot floaters, all of the, he has su- such a wide range of scoring ability. I think it's really gonna challenge A D um on the defensive end. And depending on how he reacts to that and how he reacts to Looney and um and um Draymond, I think that'll def- um really play a part in how this series goes. And then also lastly. Vando guarding Curry, I think he's going to start out on Curry, and he's done a pretty good job on like the star-studded guys, like um, Luca, for example. He's done a pretty good job guarding Devin Booker and and these like great scoring guys. But Curry is a different animal, just the way he runs up and down. Vando has a lot of energy, but I'm interested to see who they have on Curry most of the game, and then how like that affects or doesn't affect Curry.
0: I agree. I agree. Um, look, this is a this is going to be a very taxing series for Anthony Davis. Um, he was able to live in the paint a ton against Memphis. Memphis is not a great jump shooting team. And he was able to get by living in the paint because Stephen Adams wasn't there to at least be a deterrence, whether it comes to uh, setting screens or boxing out or just being that body that allows Ja and Bane to go downhill. He's going to be facing that with Kavon Looney. And then also because of what you just stated, Golden State can shoot with the best of them. Steph Curry is not John Morant, where he could go downhill, but he can also stop on a dime and pull up. He can do the floater. He can dribble around the half-court, you know, dribble around the half-court set like a Harlem Globetrotter, reset his feet, then shoot a midi, or then shoot a fall-away three, and it's good. And so he's going to be AD, man. They're going to allow him to look out for the backdoor action, the pin downs. He's going to have to be an eraser at the basket. He's going to be relied upon a Contest on a perimeter, hedge in and out. He's going to be half. He's going to have to do so much, Clem, to the point where I expect his point per game output. It's going to take a dive. I don't think mm-hmm. he's going to average 20 to 25 points. I don't. I wouldn't be shocked if it's between 16 and 18 because he's going to be their main line of defense defensively. And they're probably going to go out of their way and say, AD, you just got to set the tone on a defensive end. If we're able to do that, that's half the battle. We may be able to come together as a unit and figure everything else out offensively. Now my next question to you, Clem, is D'Lo, Reeves, and Rui. They were phenomenal against Memphis. D'Lo averaged 16 a game. He had 31 in the closeout. Rui Achimura at one point was outscoring the Memphis bench by himself. He gave you 16 five and five. Uh, well, Reeves gave you 16 five and five. Reeves gave you 14 points on 52% three point shooting. I feel like their production, though, man, it might take a hit because they're going to be relied on chasing around Curry, chasing around Clay. You got to guard Wiggins, and I didn't even bring up Jordan Poole. and so with that production potentially taking a hit, do you think they'll have enough in the tank to be, dare I say, equalizers offensively? Because I think the way this team is constructed, LeBron's up there in age, AD's going to be relied upon to be a defensive stopper. They're going to need their, like Shad likes to say, others to combine for about 50 to 60 points a night. Do you think they can do that and still have enough in the tank, man, to defend the Warriors motion offense
1: no and that's that's ultimately why I have the Warriors winning um because I just think they're the more complete team I think the Lakers team is more defensive laden um and I think they're built to have AD and LeBron you know do most of the offensive lifting and then have the other guys fill in where they can um Fortunately, they ran into a young Memphis team that couldn't capitalize off of that or couldn't capitalize off that. And then also Taylor Jenkins is like a younger coach too. So there's things that he probably didn't capitalize off there too, where I think Steve Kerr and that coaching staff will definitely be able to poke holes in their defensive schemes. And I mean, man, like you said, we, we talked about Curry, but we didn't even talk about Clay. Like even though he had a bad shooting game and didn't shoot the best throughout the series. He's still Klay Thompson. Like you go, you have to guard him. Like no one's gonna see him running around and just be like, oh, we're gonna let him shoot. Um, and even Wiggins, like, he didn't play that well either, you know. Um, but I still would pick him over like an Austin Reeves offensively and defensively. Um I would still pick him over a Jared Vanderbilt offensively and defensively, or even Rui Hachimura. So a lot of the guys that they stepped up, um, that stepped up in the last series, I don't know if they're better than the Warriors role players where they were, I feel like a lot better than the uh, Memphis Grizzlies role players. So uh, I think that, I think it's going to go six, but I think we're going to see like a couple blowouts in this series and Warriors have a 28-straight playoff uh, series road win um, record going, and I can definitely see them getting one in L.A. at least, winning two at home and then closing out at home.
0: It's just hard for me, Clem, to get out of my mind L.A. struggles against teams that can space them out. Minnesota was able to do that particularly well in the play-in, and if Cat doesn't file out, the Wolves probably win that game. Late in the year when they had to play Utah and the Clippers, they gave them issues where they had about three to four guys that can shoot. You had your superstar play playmaker that can play off of that, and then I remember specifically with the Clippers, they had Zubac, who physically was just able to overwhelm Anthony Davis alongside them, breaking out double team as well because AD's mm-hmm. not great out of the double team. He was neutralized. They got blown out the window. Uh, you have the Dubs in six, bro. Not the dubs in five. I, I don't. I was gonna really, say that. I was gonna say I, that. I, right. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't see this lasting. This is like the worst. The two worst teams L.A. could have matched up with were the Suns and the Warriors because they just shoot at an elite clip and they spread you out so much. And I feel like uh, what I've read, the tenor I've got from online, a lot of Laker fans expect Anthony Davis to just dominate Kevon Looney. And at this point, you should know Kevon Looney, he's not an all-world defender but he's physical. He's going he's gonna to put that body on. He's going to make you work for every possession, not just in sets, but on the glass. And then Draymond Green historically has given AD problems. And when they go small, because we know the Warriors are going to go small, when they put Dre at the five to handle Anthony Davis, that's going to be a problem. And then the icing on the cake, I have what it is. I think AD is going to break down this series. He, he was kind of at the cusp of breaking down last series against Memphis because Tillman, it's a load. And they kept throwing bodies at him. They kept really shoving him around. And he was falling to the ground a lot. Golden mm-hmm. State, man, I saw what they did to Sabonis. Sabonis is a tough dude. They boosted him up. They battered him to the point where he broke him. And they're going to do the same thing to AD. And AD just doesn't have the frame, the intangibles, and the history to last. So couple that with the fact that LA's not a great shooting team. When you spread them out defensively, they're not as elite as the numbers say they are. Got the Dubs in five. And I think the only way the Lakers can extend this series is they got to do what they did to Memphis in round one. You got to steal a game in Oracle, not Oracle, in Chase Center. You got to do it quickly, perfectly. game one. Because I think if it goes back to the crypt 2-0, I just don't see them protecting home court, knowing how the Warriors are on the road. But your final take on it before we move on.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I hope I hope it goes 7 Um just because a game seven with LeBron and Curry, Curry could get some payback. Um, And then also just like the way that they both are at a point in their career where they preserve their energy for certain moments. I could see a hell of a fourth quarter in like a game seven where they're both just laying it all out on the line. Um, But interesting to see. It's going to be interesting for sure.
0: It will be indeed. I will say this if it goes seven. Lakers not winning, bro. I mean, LeBron, he, he's old, bro. Like he just he just don't have it like that anymore. But no sleep on
1: Brian, bro. I, I, no I'm sleep not, on Brian. I'm,
0: I'm not sleeping on him in the sense of he at this point, he's a Spurts player, he's gonna give you spurts of greatness, but he shot 19 percent from three bro last series. I don't see that three-point shot getting substantially better. And I think a lot of that has to do with his foot injury that yeah, probably shouldn't be playing on right now. So, and he's going to be challenged and forced to work defensively, man. There's no Dylan Brooks on this squad, bro. Like, you're going to have to guard somebody. And so, that in itself is going to really be taxing on him, potentially offensively. But second topic at hand, Miami Heat, New York Knicks. Going to have our inside, bro, after game one. After a first half, they saw the Knicks shoot 24-43 of 43 from the field, 21-27 of 27 from two-point range. The Miami Heat adjusted in the second half. They packed the paint. They're the Knicks to shoot distant three, distant threes, and it worked. New York set up with 28 three pointers. They made only four of them, as well as just 17 of their 43 shots overall, en route to a 108 101 loss, despite Jimmy Butler rolling his ankle in the fourth. Now, I saw, you know, Jimmy Butler had a social media post. He was walking around the city of New York. So it looks like his ankle's not that bad. Now he's reported to be questionable. And in the playoffs, if you're reported as questionable on the injury report, 100% 100% of the time you're going to play. So it's good to see Bug is going to be all right. He's going to give it a go for game two. Now, Heatman held the Knicks below 30 points after the first quarter. They had solid offensive sewings from Bam. He gave you 16 and 8. Uh, Gabe Vincent gave you 20 points on five threes. Kyle Lowry gave you 18 points, three threes, and countless hustle clutch plays. Is this mm-hmm. Heat game one statement to you, Clem, a potential trend throughout this series?
1: I think it is. And I wrote down here, too, like just the things that I was seeing and that I loved. And Kyle Lowry was the first person I wrote down, 18, 6, and 5. And beyond the stat sheet, he's making winning plays like over and over and over again. And this this has been a trend now for, I mean, not a whole series, but the, the play-in game, we saw some flashes there. We saw some flashes last series. Now we're seeing it again. So I think the rest he got a lot of the regular season and then also Gabe Vincent coming in and being the starting point guard now gives him an opportunity to rest more and really exude himself at the most, like give the 20 minutes that he can give and then just be good with that. And then what I also love is like, in in certain situations like this, and I know like Kyle Lowry doesn't have the best rap and like everyone's not a fan. I'm not a fan of his either personally, but I respect his game. And I love when I see like, the torch being passed and the older guy, the vet, is clapping and cheering for the younger guy. Like, when the game started, the game, and started out, he came out aggressive, was letting that thing go, and when he made a couple threes, like, you Lowe's the first one off the bench, clapping, cheering him on, and you just gotta love, like, vets being vets and not, like, having animosity, because we've seen, you know, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, guys like that have not, obviously, they're at a higher level than Kyle Lowry, but yet and still, Kyle Lowry had a ring. He was the second best player on that team, so he's not like no scrub. Uh, Nevertheless, I loved what he did, his making plays. Gabe Vincent, as I said, came out at 20-5. RJ Barrett, I like what I saw from him. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. I've I've been like kind of getting off the RJ Barrett fan club. I, I don't even know if I was really a fan, but I was getting to the point where I'm like, bro, like, dude, dude is just good. He's like already reached his peak. Um, but you know, he came out, he was talking smack to, uh, Gabe Vincent too. He had 26, nine and seven looked aggressive. So, um, I love to see that. I wonder if it'll continue when Randall comes back. Um, but it was good to see from him, um, Brunson wasn't shooting the best. Like, I, I, I don't know. He was being aggressive, but I, it looked like he was forcing it a little bit, trying to compensate for a Randall being out. And then just looking at the, the team stats, man, like, this is where they lost the game, honestly. Because in the first half, I thought, okay, like, they might win this game. You know, they're at home, got the fans behind them. 12 from 20 from the free throw line. All right. That's 60%. All right. That's 20% less than what Miami shot. 13 turnovers. All right. Five less than what Miami got to their eight. And then 21 fouls, seven more than Miami. So them committing fouls and then not making their own free throws when they get fouled and then turning the ball over, it was just a recipe for disaster. And honestly, I could see them bouncing back in the next game. Um, They'll probably win behind Jimmy's bum ankle and just the Madison Square Garden crowd. I don't know if Randall's going to play or not, but I think they're going to uh, get this one. But I can see them losing both in Miami and coming back to New York 3-1. But that's my take on it.
0: It's very possible, bro. It is. Um, game one was very Miami heat <clears throat> Um Kyle Lowry, consummate professional, consummate pro. Look, his Toronto days before Kawhi came were very – Tragic, and I think it painted, a, <laughs> it painted a pretty bad picture on him to the point where I think guys were like, "Well, he chokes in the playoffs, so he's not that guy." But as he got older, became a Wiley veteran, you start to see he's a winning type player in a standpoint of he makes winning plays, he gets the charges, constant hustle guy, sticks his nose in there, um, solid playmaker. I think he's a more talented version of Marcus Smart. I mean, that's that's what Kyle Lowry is, and he gets the job done very well. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson and R.J. Barrett combined for 51 points, 21 of 43 shooting, but they went one of 12 from three. And I, you brought up free throws. That was a huge component as well. Turnovers didn't help. They had 13 turnovers to Miami's eight. They did win the rebounding battle, and that's what I was really yeah. going to lean on them to really have a huge advantage point throughout the series, 48 to 39. But when Miami makes more assists than you, you brought the fouls, the turnovers, and you can't make shots. That was the adjustment Miami made. They're like, look, Brunson and Bear are killing us. They're getting downhill. They're getting to the line. They're getting quality two-point shots. And if, they're du- and if they are passing up for the three, they're getting quality looks. So we're going to cut the paint off, make them become a jump shooting team, and we'll live with the results. And it worked. And I got love for Josh Hart. But if he's not going to be making shots from beyond, I don't know how he's playable because – In the lineup, Obi Toppin was their most consistent shooter, and he took 11 threes and made four of them. And so I'm curious to see Thibodeau going forward. You may have to play lineups like Brunson, Barrett, Grimes, McBride, guys that can come in and hit open shots. You may have to dust off Evan Fournier. He hasn't played in a while. You may have to dust him off in this series for some shooting because Miami, they're going to keep doing this because we've seen what they've done, blueprint rise, to the Milwaukee Bucks the last few years. If they feel like, yo, you have a dominant aspect within your offense, they're trying to take that away and make you do something else that's not in your wheelhouse. New York, not a very great jump shooting team. They could get streaky. So you're going to have to beat us from the from the three-point line, and he really couldn't do it. Miami Heat, they made 13 three-pointers to the Knicks' seven. In my eyes, that was the difference. And so we talked about how last playoff series, you didn't think, Clem, they could continue that hot three-point shooting streak against the Bucs. And I'm like, bro, they just got to do it for one more game. And that's what they did. And they won. I think against the Knicks, bro, I don't think they have to shoot at a crazy clip. I think they just have to get to the double digits, 10 or above, continue to execute the game plan that they have, and contest and make non-shoes on New York, have to make long ball shots. And they got a chance. But I picked the Knicks in six. I'm a ride with it. But it's very clear they're going to need Julius Randle to win this series he's not a great playoff performer we know this but they're gonna at least need his presence offensively on the glass and even as a secondary shot creator slash to at least make the defense honest and free up quality looks for your better shooters on the floor your thoughts on that
1: yeah I agree with your point and you're right um, they did continue their high streak however I was making that statement specifically to the Bucks because I just thought they were a much better team defensively and that if they closed in on Jimmy, they would still have the pieces to rotate and um, stifle Miami shooting. However, um, another thing I was really looking into as I was watching the game, like I saw a couple of times early on, especially Jimmy would go to the hole and he would see Mitchell Robinson there. He would like kind of like hesitate or like pump fake, instead of just going up so obviously with the ankle injury I think he'll be a little more hesitant but I I really want to see how Mitchell Robinson can impact this series from the defensive end Um, like especially what he did to the Cavs um, I think that played a big part in how they won so I think he's going to be one of the hidden gems if he can kind of make Jimmy think twice but Jimmy's such a smart player and like Mitchell Robinson's not always the smartest guy defensively and offensively. Um, I think that Jimmy will find a way to bait him as the series goes on and get him in foul trouble. And same with Bam. Like he didn't have a great game, but he didn't have a bad game. It was kind of like a typical Bam game, like not assertive enough, but like Good enough on every aspect. Did a lot of things, you know, outside of the box scores, where it's like, okay, you know, you felt his presence. So uh, it should be interesting to see, though. Uh, I, I'm going with the Nixon. Or wait, you wait, hold on, hold on. You said the Nixon six. I said the Nixon six. Oh, okay. I got my six. I don't yeah. know why that just rec- recollected.
0: Because <laughs> I okay. emitted it first, and you was like, "Oh, still in the airwaves." And you like, "Oh, they yeah, that a little bit too." They, I think they found something with Bam. You talked about Bam. Didn't have the greatest of games, but when they had him at the point forward spot and he's at the free throw line and he's playmaking from there, it does take Mitch away from the rim. And maybe yeah. that's something they might want to potentially ride upon throughout the series, because if he's away from the basket, now you can get more productive action towards the rim because the best rim protector is not there to guard the basket overall. So we'll see, man. I like the Knicks winning game too, but this has a chance to go six or seven, both similarly style teams we'll see what it looks like from there. Number 3 man statement win for the Denver Nuggets. Uh as this podcast is recording, they have game 2 tonight, but they outscored Phoenix, bro, 37 to 19 in the second quarter and honestly, bro, that was the game. Uh and they opened game 1 with a 125-107 victory spearheaded by Jamal Murray's 34-point outing. But it wasn't just Murray, bro. He had 34 Jokic had 24 and 19. Gordon had 23. Their trio combined for 81 points. And then Bruce Brown comes in and gives you 14 points, two rebounds, three assists, three steals off the bench. We both picked the Nuggets, bro, in this series. You picked Nuggets in six. I had Nuggets in seven. Do you even think this this game gets to a six game, bro? Because the the vibes I felt in the first game, I'm like, man, they were running these cats out the gym. This is a huge adjustment game for Monty Williams and company game two. Because I think this might set the song for the rest of the series. Do you still feel like this matchup has a six, seven game feel?
1: Yes, I do. And I think that KB and Devin and that entire team is going to come out and play with something to prove. Um, I I expect a good game and an epic fourth quarter finish, um, but I still got the Nuggets in six. Uh, I think think there's a world where Phoenix could be up to one like I could I think they could win maybe win this game and win in um in Phoenix game three. However, I think it's gonna go two zero back to <laughs> back to Phoenix. <laughs> I mean Murray, I loved what he said post game, man. Just like the same bubble, Murray, like I'm just healthy now. Like, you know, I'm good. Like and hey, you he tired of people down Like he playing with a chip on his shoulder. And it wasn't yeah. like you know, it wasn't like braggadocious, like, nah, I've been trying to tell you. It was like, all right, y'all going to see. Like, we ain't going to say much. Y'all going to see. Like, they're playing like people who want to win a championship, like guys who are ready and serious about a championship. And Mike Malone. Mike Malone, hell. He finally understand. I, hey, hey, no, I'm kind of believing he big oh, come on he Clem. holds guys accountable I <laughs> love what he said I love what he said in that um it was a idea it was a timeout with the oh um, no it was a huddle he, he was serious I yeah was and he, he said yes he said uh, it wasn't not verbatim but basically said like if y'all want to win a championship, We cannot be playing like this. You can't have lapses like this. You have to. And that's the type of coaching you need by your side when you're trying to win a championship. You need someone who recognizes the goal and is going to continue to push it into your your guys and motivate them. And I love that from them. I love what I saw from uh, Jokic being able to just facilitate the game, picking his spots, Murray, the way he played. I mean, the whole starting five, bro. I'm not even a big plus-minus guy. <laughs> Caldwell Pope, plus 10. Yeah. Murray, plus 13. Yeah. It gets better. Jokic, plus 19. And mind you, he's like the PR key. Gordon, plus 25. Gordon was the key one. MPJ, plus 29. Yeah. All right, And, 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 and on Phoenix side. Book, negative 18. Chris Paul, negative 12. Aiden, negative 21. Akoge, negative 11. Durant, negative 20. Like, and if Craig, the only guy off the bench who played, like, 20 plus minutes or more, negative 12. Bruce Brown, only guy off the bench that played over 20 minutes, plus 21. So, it was just their game to win. Um And I expected them to win, but... Man, it's it's not looking good, man. It's not looking good. Phoenix has five guys they can lean on, and I mean, a fifth guy, Chris Paul ain't looking too hot either. You know, Josh Kogi, can you? Is he really a starting caliber guy in a, in a for a, a championship contender? I, nah,
0: I don't think so. Either. I don't and, I, and I and I know why they started a Kogi. They need to scratch that forever. Um you bring, <laughs> forever you bring him out there like yo, he's gonna defend <clears throat> Jamal Murray, but nobody could guard Jamal Murray. So yeah. you need to prioritize at this point in this series. tory Craig needs to be out there, he's gonna hit a consistent corner shot. If you weak a Kogi open anywhere on the floor, 80% of the time he's breaking that. Now look, Devin Booker, he gave you 27 on 10 and 19 shooting. Durant gave you 29 or 12-19 shooting, but they each shot one or four from deep and 10 combined turnovers. Durant has seven turnovers and the the skinny Mm -hmm. on Durant he's my guy but I've said this the last few years he does not like to play in tight quarters um Mm -hmm. so if you get him in a tight position and force him to not get into a spot cleanly he can miss he could turn the ball over and you can get at his loose hand now DeAndre Ayton surprisingly was not that bad from the field but he was getting murdered on the glass by Jokic in 19 to 7 and he registered four fouls Aiden, my my brother, you gotta decide, bro. They and need he Aiden. was
1: watching. And he, he was, was watching
0: a lot. They need Aiden to play like the number one overall pick to win this series. I don't even think this is a curse. I don't think this is a KD series. I don't really think it's a Booker series. They're gonna get theirs. Obviously, you want them to get more threes up. You want them to not turn the ball over as much. But they're gonna get their points. They need Aiden. So unfortunately, he's got to average twenty and ten. He has to. If he doesn't, they're gonna lose. It's, it's just that simple. Denver out rebounded Clem 49 to 30. But but the bigger issue was they couldn't slow down Aaron Gordon or Jamal Murray. Gordon had the second highest plus minus, like you said. At one point, I looked up, Aaron Gordon had 16 points, didn't miss a shot, bro. Didn't Mm -hmm. miss a shot, bro. So if you can't stop Jokic on the glass and Gordon's too much because he's a load underneath the basket, getting high-quality shots based upon his proximity to the rim and then Jokic feeding him very well, it's an issue. And the Jamal Murray thing – Booker going to have to take the challenge this series. And we kind of saw, you know, in the series prior with the Clippers, he took the challenge a little bit on Westbrook and did pretty well. Granted, Westbrook is a very inefficient jump shooter. Jamar Murray can be as well, but he shoots better. More dynamic offensive player. They're going to need Devin Booker to play two-way for his team to be successful. Bro, Jamar Murray, he hit six threes. The team shot 43% from deep. They pushed the pace at an elite clip. And they forced 16 turnovers. Look, man, I got to say a few things. Let's touch base on – I'm going to touch base on Mike Malone, bro. Look, I'm usually not wrong about coaches. I'm really not. All right, I said Boone are not that guy. He getting out of there. I said Bickerstaff, not really that guy. He's at the precipice of getting out of there too. I was hard on Malone because I knew what this team could be when healthy. I just said, bro, run the offense through Jokic. He finally did that. And now he's got a unit around him with defenders, versatile hustle guys, Murray's coming into his own. Gordon's starting to reach his potential. He's got Porter Jr. accepting a 3 and D role because when he came into the league, he was kind of on some, yo, I think my game like T-Mac. You know, he was the number one overall recruit. It's like, bro, due to your back problems and this team, you're not going to be that. You got to accept a reduced role. And then I just like the energy he had out of the timeout. He demanded these guys get it done defensively because at that end is how you win a championship. And I'm sold, bro. I think the Malone slander, it's over for me, bro. I think think he's the guy. I think they got enough to win. That was the only thing that was holding me back. It wasn't like a lot of these Denver Nugget haters who was like, I don't don't miss with Denver because I don't trust Jokic. I'm like, bro, Jokic is that guy. I've been said he was that guy for the past two years. If they're healthy, my concern was the defense and the coaching. The defense is championship level. The coaching is starting to look championship level. This is their time. This is really their time. Um mm-hmm. I got them in six, I got them in seven. Wouldn't be shocked if this is done in five. I really would. I mean, they they have that, they just got that energy, that belief in their eyes, bro. And and I'm gonna rock with them. I believe in them. eight hey, but I gotta get up to my boy Clemmy Carter early in the year. Said Denver gonna win the West. It's looking like they potentially can. Um Houston, let's talk about Chris Paul. He's got to to play better, obviously. He's not going to be a great defender. We understand that in this series. He can't guard anybody on Denver. We get that. What do you feel like he needs to do to at least be a net positive on the floor? Because he wasn't really making the shots. He wasn't really guarding everybody. It wasn't like he was setting up cats in the half court to get better looks because it looked like Durant and Booker had to work so hard to get quality shots. What does he have to do in the half court to at least be a positive? Because last series against the Clippers, he was a positive. He made clutch shots, set up the offense particularly well. And I did say this about the Suns, bro, before we got to the playoffs. Chris Paul, I think if he wins a championship, it changes his legacy forever. And they're going to need him to play at a quality level to do it. He can't just be a 38-year-old there for the ride. They're going to need him to have consistent level of productivity do you think he can give them that in this series for them to stay alive
1: um unfortunately no I just don't think this is the series for him to thrive in um let me tackle the legacy piece for I I don't think it'll affect his legacy just because I mean I, I kind of see it like the the Jason ring. like we don't I mean we we acknowledge that he got it but he wasn't like the definitive second best player. I think Dirk and Jason Terry were the two best players on that team during that run. Um, so, I mean, he was a starter. He was one of the key players, but he wasn't like, he wasn't really like shifting the series, you know? And I feel the same way about Chris Paul here. Like maybe if it was just him and Book like last season, if they would have won or the year before, then it's like, okay, yeah, he's a driving force. But right now he's kind of, not only is he not a driving force, but he's one of the weaker links in the starting five. Uh, so I don't think legacy-wise it'll change any narrative on him. I think his legacy is pretty much set because I don't think he's going to you know, spearhead a team for the championship or even be the second best player on the championship team anymore. Um, as far as this series, how he can make his impact, I think – it's something that will happen later in the series. I think just using his, you know, Chris Paul wisdom as, like, the point guy, I think he'll find gaps in their defense because they're playing good defense now. But Jokic, even though some defensive metrics will tell you he's the best defensive player of all time, um, we know that's not the case. I think there are ways that he can exploit Jokic in the pick and roll in, um if they start in like a maybe like a 1-4 low set and he bring up eight instead of um instead of um or having Jokic switch so if he can get Jokic on the island i think he can really pick and choose like how he wants to like break down that defense the cons to that is him having the ball in his hands like Haiti hasn't been too comfortable with everybody on the court and it seems like he's still trying to find his spot. So when book or CP has the ball, there's been times where he's like in the corner. I think some of it is too. They're asking him to play a bigger role, not only on the offensive end, but also on the defensive end. And he's a natural small forward. So he's playing power forward um, and having to play closer to the basket and bang with those guys. So I think all of that is like kind of taking a toll on him, but When you have the ball in CP's hands, it's not in Devin's book of hands and it's not in Kevin Durant's hand. And that's who you want with the ball. So it's just kind of hard right now. I think the best way is probably to stagger their minutes. If you can have it's just him and KD, and he can be like a second option if KD's kind of like, you know, catching his his win a couple possessions um, or booking him and vice versa. But I think that's just the only way he can really affect the series is by exploding Jokic in that pick and roll and getting to his mid range um, to you know get those jump shots off. But other than that, man, I, it's just going to be tough because I can't see him continuously scoring on you know KCP or Bruce Brown or even Christian Brown who's been playing some really good defense as well and high energy guy. Um, and even if he does, he's just taking the ball out of the key players' hands.
0: Indeed, indeed. I think they just need him to be Kyle Lowry for them. How Kyle Lowry looked game one for the Heat. Timely buckets, playmaking, setting the shooters up, taking some charges, things of that nature. If he could be that, that's good enough. I think that's going to be good enough this series. We understand, look, the coverages that they're probably going to have on Jamal Murray going forward are going to look a lot different. Don't expect him to be single covered by Paul, Shamit, and those guys. I think he's going to get a lot of double teams, hedges, Quick look so he can get the ball out. But if Paul, like I said, he can come in and be the consummate pro, that would go a long way. I say it's important to him legacy wise because he has a top five point guard of all time resume. He's just came up very small in the playoffs a lot. And I think the role he has on this team, he's probably going to need to be, him and Aiden are going to be tied as the third most important player. And they're going to need him to have. Ideally, Kyle Lowry level production for them to potentially get over the top, and that's that's impactful and that's meaningful. So I I know you brought up kid, kid's not bad, but I thought when kid was with Dallas, JJ Barea was a more important piece than Jason Kidd. We we don't say campaign's a more important piece than Chris Paul. Like Chris Paul, it, he's it, honestly I think he's the third most important piece on this team because Aiden's so come and go, and I think the way that they're going to have to get to the finals, he's going to have to show up and be consistent on both ends. And I'm intrigued to see how he could do it because they're going to need him to do so in
1: this series. All right, let me ask you a quick question. I'm going to I'm going to name six names. Okay. Cuz we we know who the top three point guards of all time are. I think we should know who number four is but i you know i'm i'm gonna see what you think um, um
0: before you continue i'm gonna preface this by saying i don't consider steph curry a point guard i'm sorry i don't um that's just me but so i'm gonna put that out there i know curry's probably gonna be in your top three i know it's a very unpopular opinion i think curry's phenomenal i think he's more of an ai than a cp than a point guard in my eyes. just a more efficient ai because he can shoot the lights out and at an elite club, but
1: continue. Okay. Nevertheless, um. Wait, but anyways, okay. Um, Stockton, Nash, okay, okay. Chris Paul, Westbrook, okay. okay. Gary West. Okay. You can only choose one. I can only Stockton, choose one. Okay. Nash. Okay. Chris Paul. Yeah. Westbrook. Okay. Gary West. Okay.
0: Uh I always thought Jerry West was a shooting guard. Um,
1: uh, God. I mean, hey, I mean shooting guard man, bro.
0: Like I I thought he was a shooting guard, but okay. So I probably stop Stockton. I mean I, I I would at this point. I mean with and the you have finals, kid
1: over Chris Paul, right?
0: I do. Because I think he was the best point guard in the two thousands. So
1: so then we so- you have Chris Paul six right now. Is that what you're saying? You have him over no. I,
0: I he's not top five to me. I said he has a top five resume. I think oh, okay. right. I think what's missing is unfortunately he needs a championship. He just
1: does. So if if he um, wins a championship, you think you'd put him over Stockton? Yeah, I would. Yeah, that would even yeah. as the the third option. I
0: would because look, he will be a third option. But he's gonna be a damn near important third option. It's kind of like, okay, I mean, Stockton Toronto... was the
1: best best point guard of the nineties, just like Kid was the best point guard of the of the two uh, thousands. He was, he was I mean, not taking the finals.
0: True, but I think he when Toronto went to the finals, I thought it, Kawhi, Siakam, Lowry, those were the three best players. Um, you you thought Siak you thought Lowry was the second best player during that run. I think it's he a was. tie between him and Siakam. But okay, cool. Um, thing was a tie, but when I, I give it to Lowry, cool. But I think he's gonna have to, like I said before, he's gonna have to be the Lowry to this team. And I feel like the role that he's gonna have to have for them to be successful, even though he's a third option, it's gonna be an impactful third option. Like, it really is. So that's why I feel he does what he's supposed to do in his clutch during the meaningful times. I think with a ring, he has a chance to be in that top five list in my eyes point guard wise but you're not wrong about Stockton he was the best point guard in the nineties he went to two finals but like Chris Paul he faced a lot of heartbreak if you look at his history he came up short a lot of times um and at the end of the day he did come up short to Michael Jordan but there's no crime in that I just feel like right. with Paul uh he's right there um I, I always had this conversation with Deshaun Deshaun thinks Chris Paul's a top five point guard I he's not know, he's not I've heard people say Chris Paul's top better. 10. He's top 10 for sure. I've heard people yeah. say Chris Paul is better than Isaiah Thomas. I think that's He's blasphemous. He's not. So uh, I think people want him to be because of what yeah. he represents and what his career has been. He just isn't right now. And so we'll see where that goes. Um, final topic Boston, Philly. This game is actually going on right now. It's at the half. The Celtics are up three. Yeah. Kind of shocked. But then again, it shouldn't be because Boston's defense right. is not that good. It hasn't really been that good. But anyway, Sixers aren't going to have Joel B, bro. Game one. game one, They obviously don't have him game one. They say he's optimistic to play game two. I'm talking as he's not playing the first two games. Is there any chance if a B doesn't play the first two games and when he potentially does come back, he's going to probably be 50%? You're expecting anything less than a sweep for the Celtics?
1: Um, I think that they they'll win one game um okay. just behind Maxi's energy and just like never die spirit um he's gonna be up and down the court one of these games and just he yeah, i think he's gonna go for thirty one of these games. I think hard is gonna have a um throwback you know triple double maybe twenty five twelve and thirteen or something like that. Um, and then on top of that, the Celtics just have, like, this young, lethargic mindset. Um, so they're known to just drop the ball every now and then just because. So um, I think they'll get at least one. Um, and ultimately, I think the Celtics, their, their road to the finals is sealed. Like, the only re- the only way for them to not get there is just them just doing young, dumb Celtic stuff. Um, but, yeah, I – I don't think this is any much of a series, but I'm surprised. I'm I'm, I'm surprised I'm not, because I know the Celtics are like, oh, and he's out. You know, he's probably, even when he comes back, he's not going to be 100%. James Harden ain't been himself all year. Well, he is himself. He's the new James Harden, the older James Harden. And, you know, Maxi's like, he's good, but we ain't really scared of this dude. You know, we were just in the finals. woo So, I think they'll, they'll, they'll advance, but I think they'll
0: lose at least one game to the Sixers. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you, especially based upon what I'm seeing scorebox-wise. Uh, Look, the reality with the Celtics is this. they It just feels like they expended all their serious energy the first 40 games of the season, and then they've been just on cruise control from there. And they've been on cruise control even in the playoffs. And I was having this conversation with a friend of mine on the side. There's been a lot of teams during this postseason that just haven't taped, they haven't taken playoff basketball serious. I felt like Cleveland didn't early on. Memphis didn't at all at times. Um, Boston hasn't at all um, at times. I just feel like the only series that I saw, Lakers had a couple games where they were just like, eh, whatever. That's why they lost. I feel like Golden State and Sacramento was the only series where I genuinely felt, for most of it, both teams came in with the intention of, we're trying to win this game. And with Boston... They're they really missing Udoka, bro. Like, they're not that good of a defensive team anymore. I feel like Brown and Tatum's offensive games have been a lot Anthony Edward-ish. And what I mean by that is get to the hole, and yeah. take a pull-up three, we good. And they're two talented individuals to just have their offensive game relegated to simplisticness. I'm just I'm just being real. And Brogdon's good, I, but we agree. We feel like Brogdon should be starting. All right? He got six men of the year. Why, why? – why is he not on the floor and smart coming off the bench? I don't understand. And they're going to get to the finals. I'm not so that they're going to win it, though, because they're either going to see Denver or Golden State. Uh, i either going to see Denver yeah. or Golden State. You, you, uh, One of those two. Uh, they're, they're not winning.
1: They're not winning. Oh, they're not I, winning. I, oh, you that's going? why okay. – this is why I'm so upset with the Bucks because I felt like the only team that could beat the Nuggets – are the Bucks like I think Golden State will really give them a run for their money? But I, it will, I can, I think Denver will win that series. And man, like the Bucks had it, like they, I, I picked them, I picked Bucks versus Denver, and it was,
0: and, and, and I kind of did too. But then coming into the playoffs, I was a little reluctant because Milwaukee's another team, bro. I felt like they kind of took the foot off the gas heading into the playoffs. Now, I think a lot of that is because Middleton was injured. Um, Giannis got banged up a little bit. But I wasn't sold that even if they got past Miami, I didn't think they were going to win the East. I thought Boston had the number because Bud is not a great coach. He has his defensive schemes, and he would have continuously had Brown and Tatum get guarded one-on-one, and that's that's food. They're going to eat off that. Um, I, I think the issue with the South is, the coach and the energy. They feel like, I just feel like, I don't think they've recovered from Yudoka losing his job. I don't. I think they were holding out hope he would return. They still kind of playing like they're holding out hope for the real teacher to come back and the substitute to go away. Missoula just doesn't look like he has the control of the post of the team. It's like, they just show up bro and play basketball and they go home. And it's not, it's not real, bro. Like, it's just not real. And they're going to have home court in the finals. I just don't – I don't think they could be Denver or Golden State. And if they lose in the finals again, it's a problem. It just is because roster-wise, they're the best roster in the league, remaining in the playoffs. They just are. And not starting Brogdon, Tatum showing up some games, disappearing the next. I think Brown is taking the next step, but he still can not dribble. Um, they're a little bit undersized in a weird way. Horford's up there in A's. Robert Williams is a wrong fall away from getting hurt. Uh, I think they're going to get to the finals and lose. I, I do. I, I, this is the first time I'm saying it, and I really believe it. And it's unfortunate. You know, obviously, I think if Denver and Boston get to the finals, it's a win-win because I do think Tatum and Jokic, they get slandered a lot on line. So I think if they're in the finals and have a chance to compete for a championship, first one, that's great. But I just don't trust them. I don't. And it's coaching and that that synergy that they just really haven't been able to match from last year. It hasn't been there, and they miss they miss E-may, bro. What's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, i I think it's. I mean, some of it is Emay. I think some of it is like Brown continues to have games where he just is flat out better than Tatum, and I yeah. think that ev- everyone's pretty man- much made up their mind that Tatum's the better play. He's the franchise guy. So, um, I think that's part of it. I think Marcus Smart just, yeah, just does. Not smart things so much, Um, and then the just the main thing. I just you know me like I'm a stars guy. I think when it comes down to it, prime example, not only yesterday but last year in the finals. Like when you have that top five guy in the league, like you know franchise, you know era defining player, like it's Stephen Curry you're going to find a way to win. He's going to put the team on his back some way, somehow. Like, and I mean, even a case like this with LeBron, like, even though I don't think he's a top five player now, but I still think he's been playing like a top 15 ish guy, 10, 15 guy. Um, You know, when he doesn't have it, he finds other ways to contribute and win the game. And I just don't think Tatum is built like that. Like, he is young, and I I don't think young guys win in this NBA, in this league. We've seen it time and time again. A lot of the young guys who did win were paired with like either a um, a veteran who was like entering their prime or like exiting their prime, i.e., Tim Duncan, i.e., Magic Johnson, i.e., Kobe Bryant, like they don't have that veteran guy on the team who's like former MVP or has won a championship or is on their way to, you know, being an MVP or a championship uh, type of guy. And Tatum just doesn't answer that. I've seen too many inconsistent nights with him. And even when things like hit the fan, like he's not a guy who's going to be like, look, like get everybody, get like, look, you know, let's, let's go do what we got to do. And as much as I think, you know, Missoula's done a pretty good job, but he's not a guy like that's gonna do that either. And it's like, smart will do it, but smart is kind of like that annoying brother who's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I respect you, but like, I like you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't respect you enough to be in my face like this. And Grant Williams would probably do it too. And he's like that little brother who you're just like, yo, come on, <laughs> get out of here. So it's just hard because I think like Tatum is like probably the, the, he's the face, but he's like the, I don't want to say, like he has like the final say in that organization. I don't think any, I think anything he says will ultimately rule. Whether, if he wanted the coach going, if he wants Aylan Brown going, whatever he says, like the the franchise will appease to him. But he doesn't have that final gear. And I don't know, I'm still trying to fill him out to see maybe it's like, He's only 24. He's going to get it like when he's 27 or 8 maybe. But then I've also seen like Giannis have it at like 25, 26. I've seen Book have it at 25, 26. You know, we've seen the past grades have it. You know, like, so I just don't think he's built like that. I think he's ultimately going to be like a number two on a best player on a uh, championship team. So that's why I think they're going to lose. But they'll get to the finals. They'll get to the finals. Unless Jimmy you know, pulls something out of his sock. But I think they'll
0: get there. Yeah, I mean, I, the talented enough to get to the finals. We had this conversation a few years back where I was like, yo, the past year and a half, it felt like Jalen Brown was better than Tatum, and that shouldn't be happening. And now we're seeing it more consistently than we should. And I know Brown felt an immense type of way when Tatum was entertaining conversations about getting Durant, and he was going to be expendable Brown, that is. And Brown, I'm pretty sure, was like, bro, I'll play Tatum in the finals. Why am I the guy that's going to be on the outside looking in? Um, Tatum is talented enough to be the best player. I think he's talented enough to be a top five tennis player in this league. He just doesn't have the intangibles. It reminds me of Paul George. Now, Paul George. I was going to say that. Yeah, Paul George did have the out of. He got injured during, yeah. you know, the USA trials. And he was never really the same for a while. And then when he got back to being the same, it was kind of too late. But I, but may, but even before he got hurt, you kind of saw, like, he's good, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have that Jimmy Butler-type dog in him to beat LeBron. Jimmy Butler had it at a young age. Kawhi Leonard had it at a young age. And that allowed him to get over the top and get to the finals. That allowed Kawhi to win two finals. Um, I don't see Tatum having that. And I don't I don't think Tatum ever will. And it brings me back to a story where Mike Shajeski had to really disrespect Tatum's hometown to Jason to kind of make him get off his butt and go out there and compete. And if you got to do that to a top five recruit and six years later, we're doing the same things. These are things I don't really forget because I heard the same stories about Carl Anthony Towns when he was in college. Tyler, mm-hmm. was, had was like, bro, Towns is soft. We got to, like, egg him on to live up to his potential. And that type of energy is carried over into the league. And I said this about Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown gives me Jimmy Butler vibes, where I think he has that dog in him. And I think yeah, eventually yes. it's going to be a conflict of interest, and he's going to bring his dog elsewhere to potentially be the number one guy on the team. I do think Brown is fine is like fine tuning his dribbling away from being a legit number one guy. He still can't dribble through traffic. That's a problem, but yeah. the talent is there. And so this is the conundrum they're facing. Um, I think the best thing that can happen for them is they win the championship this year, because I think maybe they'll provide a sense of ease, a sense of um, success where it's like, yo, we made a decision to rock with Tatum as the best guy. We did get Brown as an insurance policy and a draft to develop. Tatum as the best guy wins finals MVP. Brown is right there as the second option. We can finally set our fan base. This is the core to build around going forward. They come up short again, and there's a chance Jalen Brown doesn't get an All-NBA nod. I think he should, but let's say they come up short again and they don't get an All-NBA nod. They're going to be tough questions, tough conversations that have to be had during the offseason and we could see sometime next year Jalen Brown not being on.
1: The Celtics I, mean, I think that's a real possibility yeah it'll be interesting definitely hope it doesn't happen that way because I, I think that they're a tandem that can win a championship and I think when, it, when they get there it'll be like a toss up as far as who um, the best player on the team is um, I think Tatum will ultimately get the nod because I think he generally scores more points but i can almost i I don't know they're not they're not like the i don't use the pistons analogy because they're not like a really team like team centric you know uh dynamic but i think there's a lot of um like we're not sure who the real guy would be like in a final series like with them in their prime they're still young um Similar to, like, it was it Billups' team? Was it, more like, Ben Wallace's team? We know Billups won finals MVP, but, like, Wallace played a big part. She played a big part. Tayshaun, Rip. It was, like, more like a team collective. I think, like, in a weird way, it'll be a team collective, but just, like, dead heat with them too. But we'll see. They'll get to the finals. I mean, I think their best bet, you know, we don't wish injuries on no one. But, I honestly, at this point, I think that's their only chance to really win a championship.
0: I agree. I agree. And right now, currently checking out the score. They're down two. So I'm in the third quarter. I mean, can't can't make this up. Uh yeah. as we segue out, episode 14 of NBA Intel. Uh big takeaways that you we're not really takeaways, but um things that you're intrigued by in these playoff matchups coming up. I and mean, we got the conference final, I mean conference semifinals rather or rather set. Which series are you the most intrigued by? And which series do you feel have a variety of questions that need to be
1: answered for both teams to get to where they need to go? Series I'm most intrigued by. I would say definitely the Warrior and the Lakers. Um, just because of you know, we have the two greatest players of the past era going against each other. Um and I mean, I mean, we 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 got to see Kobe and Tim play each other um but I don't know this is I feel like when Kobe and Tim played each other in those uh conference finals I didn't I don't think everyone got to feel like this may be the last time it was kind of like okay like both guys are you know in their 30s exiting their prime but they didn't look completely washed up at that point you know but um I feel like this is going to be the last big game, LeBron, or big series, definitely series, but one of the last few games where I was feeling like LeBron versus Curry on this level. And then after having so many battles get with them, it's like, man, like it makes you appreciate that, you know, what this series could be because of the absence we've had. I mean, hell. When was the last time Durant and, and uh, LeBron played each other? I think it's yeah. since, since that final. So, you know, obviously I think Denver's going to win and move on. But, you know, it'd be cool, too, to see, you know, either KD play, you know, the Warriors and, you know, have that that clash again or have, you know, Brown versus KD and they can have their clash again. But either way, you know, it's I think we have Jokic who's – going to be the second, if not best, player of this era. I, I still think it's him and Giannis, um Giannis, um, obviously forecasting. Um, and then you have the two best players of last era, and then KD, who's the third best player of the, the last era. So those are the two series I'm really looking at.
0: Yeah, yeah, great perspectives, man. Great perspectives indeed. Uh, likewise, Warriors-Lakers is by far the most intriguing. Um, I expect Golden State to get this done in five, but I am kind of enamored by the possibility of L.A. drawing up some unique defensive strategies to contain the greatness of Steph Curry. And the other playoff series where a lot of questions will be answered about where these teams potentially can go, I think it's Knicks Heat. I think if New York is able to win this series and get to the conference finals, that's a success. And whether they win the conference finals or lose, how they're able to kind of establish – the continuous groundwork on what they're building towards the future will be important because they got their franchise guy and Jalen Brunson. I think Julius Randall has shown at the very least, he's a regular season second option. That's kind of reliable. And how that they can formulate a nucleus from there is important. And then let's say Miami does it again and they get to the conference finals again and they lose. I would not be shocked that Pat Riley's like, okay, third time in four years, we're at least getting to the conference finals. I gotta put all my chips in my basket to mm-hmm. potentially get Damian Lillard so I can get us over the top. I think that I think that that series in my eyes is gonna kind of set the stage for where each franchise needs to go going forward. And um can't wait to see how that lands. But uh, episode 14 of NBA Intel is complete. It's me, Kim Bubomani, my co-host Clement Gibson. We'll be back with you guys next week. And until then, we'll be watching playoff hoops making our analysis and coming back right here to give you what we think about what the league, what's going on in the league in a playoff setting. But until then, peace.
1: Dame to Miami. Peace out.